What is going on, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the Fun V Tailgate podcast presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Matty D is back. We are talking football. We talk some Eagles. We talk about last week's wild college football Saturday. And look at this week's college football slate. Then we talk about the NFL. Week four, the Eagles are 3-0. The Dolphins are 3-0. We talk about them. We talk about the rest of the slate, some surprising teams, some very unsurprising starts. And we break down various games, the big ones. We don't really break down the clunkers, but you'll hear it. It was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you all think. As always, though, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Thunderblog Sports is the handle there. Matt and I are going on a little golf weekend, a little buddies weekend this weekend. So make sure you follow that. We might post some stuff there. A little trash talk, a little golf, all that good stuff. ThunderBLG on Twitter. But enjoy the episode. Enjoy the incredible weekend ahead of football. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate Podcast, presented by Thunderblogsport.com, a part of the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. You might have noticed the Fun V Tailgate being back. That is because, fresh off his vacation, and I'll let him talk about it a little bit, the man, the myth, and the absolute legend, Mr. Matty D, how are you? Doing great, my friend. Wonderful, in fact. I had a great vacation down in Hilton Head Island. First time actually down there. Um, been a lot of years down right outside of Beaufort, South Carolina. My grandparents used to live, but you know, everyone, has, everybody who's a golfer at least has heard of Hilton Head. Um, oh, yeah. Highly, highly recommend it. I, I find it just a giant retirement community, basically, with tons of golf courses. But um, I guess I'll share the share the highlights. The highlight. Um, actually, I was having a great week, by the way. I want to point that out. I, I had a, a sub 80 round, a two rounds sub 80. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Things part. were going really well. It, yep, yep. Take a look at the gin app. Handicap's lowest it's ever been. We've, we've, we've reached another milestone in terms of low, which I know you're licking your chops because we've got some, some matchups coming up. You're probably like, great. <laughs> finally, it's not going to sandbag me. But um, I, I also had the pleasure of playing a wonderful golf course. Did play Harbor Town, by the way. But one of Harbor Towns, I guess, sister courses is known as Atlantic Dunes um, out of the Plantation Club area. Wonderful golf course. And after a so-so front nine, I got up on the 10th tee, which is a beautiful par three, 153 yards away with a nice smooth eight iron in my hand, hit a beautiful two-yard baby fade. And myself, my two brothers, Jack and Kevin, and my wonderful wife, Mel, watched the ball one hop into the cup <laughs> for my... For my second hole in one, which I'm obviously super thrilled about, very exciting. Welcome to the club. Um, yeah, okay, easy there. 2019, baby, stamp it. Um, I, I'm stamp not it. even in it. It's a little inside uh, joke. I, Sorry, I, listeners. I, I know, I know, I know. So, um, and you know, yeah. So anyway, it was really cool. Got a great video of it. With me walking up, I should say. Um, and what I'm more impressed with, I'll stop. Quick anecdote is my last hole in one. I played the hardest hole in the golf course the hole before and made a triple bogey. So the scorecard says seven, one, and then I was so jacked up on the next par, par four that I immediately duck sliced my ball out of bounds and made another seven. So my scorecard read seven, one, seven, but this time I parred the challenging ninth hole and then I parred the next hole. So it goes four, one, four on the scorecard, which looks way better. And I held myself together and was actually even par on the back nine. So this was my this was way better golf compared to my last one, which I'm still happy about, by the way. So I'm, glo- I'm gloating a little <laughs> bit here, but um, yeah. So the plaque is on the way. Ordered it there. Had a very nice. Did it, I think did it around? I'm gonna say like 11 o'clock in the morning. And so you know, public. It's always weird. I, I never had a hole in one at a private club, right? And a lot of times private clubs. What's what's the rule for private clubs, Jordy? Everybody buys a beer. They knock it in. They buy one beer, right? Um, but the public courses don't have those rules. So instead I treated my brothers and wife to a wonderful, um, seafood, oyster, shellfish lunch, a very boozy lunch and covered that. So oh. I guess I'll take a small token there. So yeah, Mr. they Matty were thrilled. 
they were thrown. So anyway, I've got two, Jordy. So there the, it is. The I only have an eagle. Thrown down. I only have a two on a two on a par four. But the, you know what's fitting of the seven one seven? We're going to the seven one seven this weekend, Central Pennsylvania. It's true. Yeah. Outside of Gettysburg, Fayetteville. Yep. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna be a fun weekend. But we're here to talk <laughs> some football. Yes. And Matt, we've had you know in your your absence, we've had two incredible Eagles wins. Obviously, the Monday night game, and then the game against Washington, where, as Merrill Reese put it at the end of the game, the score did not dictate how close it was. It was incredible to see yeah. how well the birds played. I, I think he's right. I think I think uh, a couple of people are like, well, you know, two games in a row, 24 points in the first half, and then don't score again. And I'm like, I, you know, I understand, but remember, these games were well, well in hand, oh, and yeah. You know, in both games, some things happened where they could have scored, right? Either they decided not to for various reasons. Was, you know, there was a blocked field goal. Not It was in the Vikings game, I believe. But yeah, they went for it on fourth downs and, or just punted it away when they could have gone for it because they were up and their defense was dominating. We saw them score much more at will in the second half of the first game of the year against the Lions. So not, not a major concern for me at the moment. No, it's not one for me either. I saw that. There was a headline on NBC Sports Philly of like, what's wrong in the second half? No, nothing. Because exactly what you said, the defense is dominating. Nine sacks on Carson Wentz, who uh, was the receiver of a stray bullet from Joel Embiid. I'm not sure if you saw that earlier. I did see that. that. I did. Which is, I did. Which yeah. is incredible. It's, I love it. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, two great defensive games. Darius Slay, mm-hmm. NFC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 2. Brandon Graham, NFC Defensive Player of the Week in Week 3. It's awesome back, to see. Baby. He's, uh, he's <laughs> yeah. all the way back. And they look... I, I, well, we... Go ahead. No, I was going to... You go ahead. Well, I was going to say, we, we spoke after the first game against that Lions team that kind of surprised everybody. But now we've seen three weeks in a row. They they have a, they clearly have a potent offense and, and a really solid offensive line, especially their two tackles. Now we've played two teams that don't have elite offensive lines, and you've seen our pass rush gain a little momentum. I'm not surprised, right? Yeah. Even with the loss of Derek Barnett, you know, you've got Brandon Graham, who's now kind of regained that that you know that top gear after being out all last year. That really good middle push of Hargrave. I mean, any team that doesn't have a great interior pass protection is going to struggle against the Eagles because Hargrave and Cox with Davis and Williams and Brandon Graham shifting inside. Like, there's just a lot of pressure that can be put on them from the inside. We really haven't had a breakout game. He hasn't been bad, but like. Josh Sweat has only been has been good, like good, right? But not hasn't had a blow up game yet. So there's a couple other guys, Taron Jackson, that might have it. So we've got some guys who haven't even necessarily shown up yet. Hassan Reddick, who's been okay, but again, I was gonna say, yeah, they've the yeah. defensive play calling at times has been kind of weird because you know, I don't want to call the Vikings certainly not a subpar opponent where you saw Hassan Reddick get taken advantage of a little bit in pass coverage, but against sure. against the Commanders where. He wasn't jumping back in as much. There were some weird plays. There was that weird prevent shell coverage that Jalen Hurts took full advantage of against the Vikings. But, like, you saw them <laughs> drop into that, especially when the, the commanders would try to use trips. But then Carson Wentz wouldn't go to that side. And right. I don't know if it was, uh, you know, he saw the deep coverage. He was trying to cover the deep ball. You know, Terry McLaurin had a very good game. He he was, you know, over 100 yards and everything. And I don't know if that's necessarily a huge concern, especially because, you don't need to play as tight. Like, obviously, like, the thought popped into my head in that Vikings game was, I think it was a Panthers game, but they that they blew the big lead in the year after the Super Bowl. But I think the Vikings, they they either came back and had a chance or they blew a touchdown late, something weird. But, like, I don't know. It's This isn't the Jim Schwartz. You're trying to play the picket fence defense where yeah. you're putting in that pressure and you have, have that going. And the Jim Schwartz defenses did, too, obviously, winning a Super Bowl and everything. But... Seeing what they're able to do there, and now coming in against a frisky Jacksonville Jaguar team, is going to be interesting to see because they do have, you know, some talent. Christian Kirk's had a couple of good games mm-hmm. for him after kind of a weird trade and signing. Of, what was it? It wasn't this past off season; it was the previous one, right? And you know, kind of for a weird Kirk? year. Yeah, for Kirk, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, this no, no, no. This is no, this is this off season was his big signing. Oh, it was um, this year? I thought. Of, why didn't yeah, it was yeah. 2021? I think. I, you, might, you might be thinking of Marvin Jones, oh, yeah, but to right, your point right. though, there, there are Kirk, uh, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, um, and then and then James Robinson and Travis Etienne. Some to your point, some emerging, whether a breakout or young talent, along with a a confident 
Trevor Lawrence, yep. and a, as we know, and I hope he gets a big applause Sunday, a well, a, a very good offensive mind in Doug Peterson, especially exactly. when it comes to young players, right? We, Carson Wentz's MVP season was, uh, Doug Peterson was the architect. So yeah, this is, this is going to be a great barometer for where we are, um, because this is a Jacksonville team that just hung up a big number on a Chargers defense. Now, be a little careful with that number against the Chargers. Two things. Chargers didn't have Joey Bosa. He got knocked out early with a groin injury. They were also missing J.C. Jackson, their big-time signing in the offseason at the corner position. He's mm-hmm. arguably a top-five corner in this league. So they were not necessarily at full strength defensively, and obviously the offense was a lot of whack for the Chargers with Herbert's injury and and um, Keenan Allen not playing. That being said, that's still a good number on a good defense. So this is a much-improved Jacksonville team. This has suddenly become a game that we thought was going to be an easy victory that is going to be another mile, another benchmark for, for this team as they kind of move into that next quarter of the season almost. So it's a big game. Good way. Yeah, to, it'd be a great way to kind of finish off the first month of the year. Absolutely. And it's one of those two of like, I hope that they maintain, the Jaguars maintain what they're doing because there's some wins where like a team comes out, they're two and one. And at the end of the season, they end up being you know, previously five and eleven, now five and twelve, or something like that. And I hope this isn't the case for the Jaguars because it, like, it could look like a real rubber stamp big win right now. And then at the end of the year, it's like, oh yeah, of course you did, kind of thing. And it looks even worse for the for the Chargers. So like, to look at it from a you know the thirty thousand foot view, they just got to keep playing their game. You know, Jalen Hurts has been hitting his receivers in stride. Devontae Smith with two great games back to back. A.J. Brown, who might have just had his second kid. I don't think it's officially been announced, but he was not at practice today for personal reasons. Um, you know, so hopefully he gets caught up and plays and, and all that stuff. But, you know, he's using guys in stride, and we've seen, obviously, the huge touchdown to Quez Watkins in the Vikings game. We've seen Zach Pascal get involved. We, we talked about this in the preseason, and they're able to get all that done, and the offensive line is playing great, and they just, you know, everybody just needs to keep, keep staying healthy and doing their job. Yeah, yeah, no, I I think that's the key, right? It's like this offense is still super talented. Would love to see a little bit more efficiency on the running side of things, not with Hurts, sure. yeah. with the three backs. Yeah, I'd love for them to find a rhythm with those guys, or if they need to, right, bring in a Trey Sermon off the practice squad and get him pounded a little bit. Would like to see a little bit there. But this offense is predicated on balance, but really it's predicated on Jalen's ability to manipulate the defense and – the film on him is popping from a passer perspective, mm-hmm. and it's going to create – defenses are going to have an issue, right? They're no longer going to be able to keep a guy in a spy position if he keeps throwing the football, in particular downfield, to the three – the four weapons he has in the passing game. Uh, four weapons being, obviously, A.J. Brown, who you just mentioned, the Slim Reaper, Devonta oh, yeah. Smith, who had a wonderful Slim game. Batman. And then – right. And then big play Quez and Dallas Goddard as well. So if he can keep going to those guys, he'll, he'll continue to have a lot of success. But his efficiency has been really impressive to me. The last note on the Eagles, then we'll jump into college football. Did you see Jason Kelsey's quote? I did not. No, I, I saw he was at the game with – oh, sorry. I'm thinking Travis because Travis at the game for his brother on Monday night. No, I did not see Jason's quote. Maybe so, I did. Tell me if I repeat. So slim Batman, thin Batman, Devontae Smith with a Batman cape. Jason Kelsey gets asked about it and he goes, I'll tell you what. If we we score a touchdown off a screen, I'm grabbing that cape. I'm Fat Batman. (laughs) That's what we need to do. That he should. I love that. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is just great. Like the team likes each other. They're vibing well. It's just again, everybody stay healthy. Oh yeah, of course. And Sirianni's gotten great buy-in from the veterans as a young, very young coaching staff. Um, I think the one positive is outside of the most important position on the field. The quarterback position. We we have, and I do like Minshew, but we have some depth, right? And that's one of the things that they've been praising Howie for, whether it be offensive line. Think about like, hey, our second round pick, Cam Jurgens, is just sitting there waiting, right, for his chance. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of talent that isn't even on the field right now. Not that I want any injuries, but I think this team's built well. Um, we should score against Jacksonville. They are not an elite defensive team at this no, point. This is in the Got a couple players. Gags. Right. A couple players that I like, decent defensive line, but this is not a – and their their offensive line is not particularly elite either at this point. And so to me, that opens up possibilities for another great pass rush. Plus, we're at home. It's loud, right? 
So I, um, you know, I think it'll be a game, but I still feel really confident about the birds. Oh, I yeah. would be confident if they lost the shootout. Like I'm, like I still am confident in this team, no matter what happens this weekend. Um, I look at the rest of the division and I'm just not scared there. So, no, certainly not after uh, the Monday night game. That was a little bit of a clunker, but we'll we'll talk about that when yes. we get back to the NFL. Let's jump over to college. We had a a pretty awesome week format. I don't know if you got to watch any of it with uh, your golf excursions. But we had some really yeah. good games. We got Tennessee to get through the Florida game, which I don't know. There's something about it of it's been since 1998. I watched a lot of that game. I watched a lot of the second half, and it was fun to see them actually playing really well. Yeah, they they look they look like a team this year that's going to have some 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 kind of guts behind them. Um, very impressed with with Tennessee overall. Um, Florida gave them a good run, obviously, yeah. but, um, they look like a team that might, again, it really doesn't matter, right? Like they're not as, until they get to that big dog status, but they play Alabama in two weeks. Yep. They play they, now, of course you say all this, but Kentucky is, is a rock star team too. So Al, they, they're going to play Alabama, Kentucky and Georgia. If they can do, if they're two, if they somehow manage to upset two of them, they're going to be in the conversation. Even if they lose to Alabama and Georgia, they're still in the conversation. As I said, they, they got to play Georgia too, which is obviously right. the hurdle in the SEC East. But it's, it's you know, fun to see that it's not just, you know, the upstart Kentucky, the Georgia show, you know, obviously Alabama doing Alabama things, that you have some, some good stories out of the SEC. And, you know, obviously we'll talk about the, you know, a little bit or, or however much you want to talk about the Clemson yeah. win, but you know, having a good game there that kind of didn't stink that lived up to it. Like on Saturday, I got, I went over to play golf. I got to the club. I'm sitting there. I'm watching the end of college game day throughout the week where I'd be because the president's cups on and everything. So like I kept thinking it started earlier than it did. <laughs> I'd go down to my yeah. couch to watch. and I just have sports center on. They're pumping this game up so much and thinking like, this is going to be a stinker. Either one team's going to blow out the other, or it's going to be low scoring, or whatever. We're going to get like sad Tennessee memes or something like that. And no, it was a great game. And you had that yeah. with the the Oregon game, the Clemson game ended up being incredible. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was just a really great Saturday, and it was fun to follow along and see it. And you know, now we come into a, a week five in college, week four in the NFL that has just as many good games, if not more good games. And it's going to be fun to see. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I think a couple games, well, first of all, it's pretty late, but Friday night, I know there's some issues with Friday night games, but Washington Penix Jr. looks really good for them. They're up to 15th in the nation. They play mm-hmm. this Friday. It's a, a, a UCLA team that's undefeated, but quite frankly, and it's a close line because it is in UCLA. I'll be interested to see. That's a good game for Washington though. Um, and, and that'll be really fascinating. And then, you mentioned the SEC, like we're hopefully potentially going to watch this together. Kentucky at Ole Miss is an awesome 7-14 matchup. You know, you're watching Kentucky, pay attention. Will Levis has an opportunity to drive himself to a first overall pick status. Really? His, uh, his measurements are as, like from a physical standpoint, are as good as C.J. Stroud. And Bryce Young, who I love, is a little undersized. He's more of, he's, I'm not saying he's Tua. But his size is similar to Tua's. Mm-hmm. Will Levis is the whole package. 6'3 with a monster arm. He can make every throw. I've heard some Josh Allen comparisons in terms of if you're trying to line him up. And that that's a big-time game against against Jackson Dart and an obviously exciting um, Rain Kiffin Ole Miss team that's had a bunch of good years in a row. Like, oh, yeah. It's going to be a heck of a, a heck of a matchup. That's one that, you know, like you're shocked when you look at that and see their rankings. You're like, wait a second, that's a big game. Um, yeah, but that's that's a huge game. And then a couple other good rank games, right? Arkansas, uh, Alabama visiting Arkansas, good test for Alabama after the scare, you know, against Texas. Um, Oklahoma State, Baylor, both teams, Oklahoma State ninth in the nation. They look pretty good. Um, so there's a bunch of good games that kind of, I think, kind of lead up to the big ACC showdown, which is you just mentioned that game with Clemson. They barely beat. In fact, they probably would have. They, probably, had, like, they, they probably shouldn't have beaten. I know the guy. The guy dropped the ball. Yeah, the guy dropped the, the ball. Not, yeah. not, not. Um, he didn't drop it like, like, like CD Lamb. Yeah. Right. He just 
he just reached for the end zone and the ball falls out of his hands. It wasn't like he was showboating. Or that, yeah. be clear. that, that was pretty bad. It was yeah. a- but the Wolf, but the Wolfpack have looked good, and Clemson has looked beatable. This is not the Trevor Lawrence Clemson, the Deshaun Watson Clemson. They're they're good. They're very good, but they're not invincible. So uh, it's a great game again, and for the Wolfpack, it's a big game for them. They've kind of flirted in that like twenties to teens rankings the past few years. Um, this would be a big opportunity for them to, you know, with, especially with Miami falling off a freaking cliff. Yep. This is a good opportunity for NC State. Huge opportunity for them. You mentioned Washington, and I just looked yeah. it up. They don't play USC, who also has not looked very good. We talked about that, both them and Clemson last week. They do yeah. not they play USC. Start, I thought USC, season. but yeah. No, go ahead. Um, they, yeah, they had an okay start, but that game, that uh, Oregon State game on Saturday was – yeah, they, they walked away from that a little bruised up, but yes. they don't play them. So Pac-12 not dead. I love to I love no. declaring the Pac-12 dead every year. Two undefeated teams. Washington obviously not in the top ten yet. Pac-12 not dead. So longtime mm-hmm. listeners. Well, wait, wait. Three undefeated teams. UCLA is technically undefeated. I keep waiting for Chip to figure it out there, but they are undefeated currently. So That's, that is true. Uh, maybe they come. <laughs> you, you, uh, it's two and a half. So. Chip was a covering machine his first couple of years at UCLA, but I, I don't yeah. know about that. Um, the ones, though, some of the ranked, unranked, you know, Michigan-Iowa, I'm worried about that game. 11, and, 11 points for a spread just seems – that seems like a trap. But just this well, game in general, in general, I know, like, Iowa's had, you know, weird offensive issues throughout the year. They have a pretty stout defense. It's just – it seems – Fishy, it's going to be overshadowed by Kentucky Ole Miss, by the other ranked game that I think is real upset alert. That's Oklahoma TCU. Yes, Oklahoma State. Oh, yeah, Oklahoma TCU. Yeah. 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 I mean, this mm-hmm. game this game might go by the wayside. I know it's on Fox. It's on the ESPN Family Network, so it's got its own deal. But I feel like this game nobody's going to tune into until the fourth quarter, and it's like a seven-point game, and Iowa uh, pulls, I, something out of their, pulls a rabbit out of their ass. Or look, pulls Iowa out of their ass, rabbit plays- out of a hat. I know plays a lot of close football. I agree there. The one thing I'll say is this. So Michigan hadn't played a soul until last week. The Maryland score is a little, a little wonky. They, they scored really late, but I, I think Michigan got its taste of an actual college football, not to, a, a D one big 10 college football team in Maryland. And now they're going to an Iowa team that is, that is well coached as we know. Mm-hmm. It has a couple pieces, a couple pieces, but, this defense, I think, is going to feast for Michigan on Iowa, and I think Blake Corum in particular, and I really like J.J. McCarthy. They're they're coming into their own with Bell. I, I think they're fine. I, I'm not worried about them in this game. Maybe that's why it's a trap game, but I think I think they've gotten their taste of what uh, what big time college football will be after their three you know blowout victories, and it was a little closer than I'm sure Jim uh, Coach Harbaugh would want. So I think they come into this game ready to make a statement. I'm not as worried about them in this game. I think McCarthy's only going to get better, and it's a it's going to be a more balanced offense, a little bit more firepowery offense than we've seen from Michigan with him at the helm. So not super worried, but I understand why you are just not super worried on my yeah. side of things at the moment. Yeah, you know, and then the other one I mentioned, Oklahoma TCU, just seems that has upset alert been all over it. We saw it a couple years yeah. ago pre-COVID. Oklahoma goes into TCU. They were heavily favored. This is only six and a half. But TCU, undefeated. I feel like has something to prove. Oklahoma kind of in a weird spot right now. That that, that just screams upset special. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma, that was, not a good, that was not a good last week. That was not good for them. And especially their psyche with the whole Lincoln-Riley, you know, divorce and all that. Um and TCU has kind of uh, kind of been playing a little bit better recently than they had maybe in the past. So I see the, I see your concerns there. But part of me says because they lost last week, a lot of times teams bounce way back. You know, good teams because they still got a lot of talent there. Bounce back pretty hard. You know, TCU they are three and zero. I wouldn't consider them necessarily explosive on offense, but not necessarily a bad team. So. I, you got me up and down. I thought that, that with one. Baylor. I don't, I don't and know. Baylor beat Oklahoma State in the Big 12 uh, championship game last year. Uh, I know. So maybe I don't know anything. Yeah. I mean, that's why <laughs> that's why people listen to us. That's why they like us. Um, any other games on the college slate that uh, pique your interest, you think might be a lot closer than the line might say? 
Well, I mean, we always I mean I mentioned that Friday night game because anytime a game's kind of on a weird day, right? Like Washington, UCLA always throws me for a, a little bit maybe of a of a loop. Washington's um, like a Friday night darling too. I remember they played Christian McCaffrey's Stanford team they, on Friday. They usually were the upset specials. Now they they're the yeah. ranked team. Now they're right, the ranked right. Team. You're right. Yeah. yeah. No, I think one game that I'm confused about a little bit is Mississippi State is is a four point favorite over Texas A&M. Now it's on the road. They are going to Starkville, but you know, and obviously Texas A&M maybe not as exactly what people were expecting this year. But I'm still a little surprised that it's that much of a gap. Um, that that Mississippi State is favored. Excuse me. Yeah. So interested to kind of see how that shakes out. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised um, on that one. I love that it's a four o'clock game too. So like kind of like how the NFL started to do for the four Oh five games. Like this is just yeah. that nice, you know, fit it in. You get the fourth quarter, you know, as you're leading up to the night games, you get some fun, you, you get some fun action there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it, it is an interesting thing. It's real. We didn't mention this when, when A&M lost, but all the, the talking heads being like, NIL is going to ruin college football. Texas A&M bought everybody. And then they got, they lost fucking Appalachian state. So we didn't, somebody pointed that out to me after we talked about it and you haven't been on since. So I just wanted to point that out. NIL hasn't ruined college football just yet. We thought the whole (laughs) Arizona FBI scandal was going to ruin college basketball. College basketball is not ruined yet. Even if they get rid of one and done, not going to ruin college basketball. College sports are fine. But anyway, um, yeah, every other line though, I mean, Georgia Tech looks completely lost. They fired everybody. Pitt's going to be fine. USC, I'd, I'd like to – I'm not going to watch it because we're going to be exhausted from our day of golf and drinking. But uh, I'd like to see them really jump out against Arizona State. Obviously, they fired Herm a couple weeks ago. But they, you know, I feel like they need it. They need that big statement game. This feels like a good opportunity for them. I'd like to – don't even touch anything that's more than, than 19 points in college football. But that – that's one that they need to cover, and they need to cover pretty damn well, I would say. And I do want to see Oregon. I want to see what Oregon does after that that wild game with Washington State to see what yeah. they what they can do for that. So, like the Pac twelve Pac twelve after dark, we're probably not watching, but those are games that I'm gonna you know Sunday morning I'm gonna pull up and see what what happened because I feel like Pac twelve not dead yet, but also you know these teams should be proving themselves that way. So I, I'd like to see what they end up doing. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, you know, it was late games. I made that point. Like, they're always kind of weird. It's Pac-12 after dark, right? So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. All right, well, let's jump jump over. So, NFL Week 4. And, Matt, I didn't realize until I saw somebody tweet about Queen Elizabeth wanting to see Jameis versus Kirk Cousins that we had a London game this week. We do? Yeah, is that embarrassing of me to not know that? Or I feel like the London game doesn't have the same luster. I know they haven't been in a couple years, but I don't know. It just it's never really done it. For they, me. Yeah, I, I I'm back. In, I always seem to forget about it. Yeah, like I exactly. hate to say it, but I'm always like crap. You know what I mean? Yeah, like oh shoot, well, there's a London game. Like crap. Well, it's yeah, weird because so. like there's fantasy aspects to it, like especially with the Vikings. You know, people have Justin Jefferson, people have Adam Thielen. You might be in a deep league starting Irv. Um, you might have Michael Thomas, you might have Alvin Kamara, but now I'm just naming players. But like, you know, there's that aspect. So you're like waking up, you're kind of groggy. You're looking like, oh shit. Like I left this guy on the bench and he could have had a really great matchup. (laughs) Like all that shit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I just want to touch on that. Before that though, we do have a very interesting and, and hopefully good, should be good. I was about to say normally good in the boomer voice. Dolphins versus the Bengals on Thursday night, which the upstart Dolphins, Tua looking great, and the Bengals who are a little little hungover from their trip to Los Angeles last February, if I uh, don't say so myself, or if I do say so myself, whatever the phrase is. Well, first of all, I don't know if you see what the Bengals are wearing. No. And I'm not always the They're going with the all-whites, the Ooh. white tiger. And the helmet's going to be white, too. It's going to be a really sharp look. I'm excited for it. I'm so, excited for it, too. Um, yeah. We did the podcast last week during the Phillies win over the Atlanta Braves and the Thursday Night Football game. I couldn't get it loading on our Amazon Prime on my TV. <laughs> so hopefully it loads yeah. this week because I want to yeah. see this game. It should be really Me good. Too. Uh, or at least the end of it because we're going to see 
The Godfather live on Thursday night. Nice. We're recording this Wednesday for the listeners at home. So I'll at least be I'll check my phone. I'm not going to be following on my phone. The Godfather's fucking masterpiece. Don't at me on that. You would agree. You're Italian, so you have to agree. Um, although the Fine. way that the, the way that the the offer the television show, which I, I recommend to you, you know, it wasn't it wasn't always great in terms of the the start of it. At least how the show the show shows it. Although a lot of that was made up, so not to spoil anything. It's a great show, but I looked it up afterwards. Some of it is a little exaggerated, but that's TV. But yeah, that game should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see it. Two has looked really great. Their offenses look great with Jalen Waddle with. Tyreek Hill, and I'm mostly interested in seeing what the Bengals can do on defense. And, you know, the Dolphins' defense has been, you know, it's been up and down, but what can they do on a defense that's not, hopefully not, I should say, because every defense that you think it isn't going to does pound Joe Burrow every game. Is that is that a fair assessment there, Matt? Yeah, everyone thought the Bengals redid their entire offensive line, and... It's the same, run same story, different year. Yeah, man. I mean, part of it's that we played a lot together, but and part of it's coaching. And honestly, I think it's not a shot at Joe Burrow, but Joe Burrow's a young quarterback. It takes some time to figure out protections, understand where blitzes are coming from. Like, this is what makes some of the old veterans so great, right? Rodgers and Brady, they know exactly where the – like, they know where the guy's coming from, yep. right? Um, I wouldn't say the Dolphins have an elite pass rush. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Certainly thinking. not as good. I'm going to give this credit here. Certainly not as good as the Cowboys. Okay. Um, but again, the, the Jets don't necessarily have an elite pass rush. They've got a couple guys, but yeah. and they and they got home. So I think it's going to be Joe Burrow running around a little bit again. I agree. Um, but but I think this is this is to me it's chalking up to be a shootout because I think this Cincinnati defense is as is playing what people like what like people thought it would play last year, mm-hmm. right? We talked about this a couple times now. Like linebackers, not great. Defensive backs, they've got one safety. That's it. Trey Hendrickson's good, but they're not an elite defensive line unit, right? They're they're very much so a top heavy offense with three great receivers, a great running back, and a great quarterback. And the offensive line isn't great. There's still a lot of roster to build here, but Joe Burrow can overcome that. I think it's an absolute shootout tomorrow night. I think two can, can yeah, I think two is going to go off with that receiving core. Um, and so it comes down to, like, who do you think is the better – like, like who's – I guess my question to you is, like, wh- where are you leading here? I, originally, I was like, Dolphins all the way, but the, the Bengals need this more than the Dolphins, first of all. Yes. Because they're in the same division as the Ravens. Um, and the Browns are playing okay. So – Well, the Browns should be 3-0. I, I, I mean – It really should be. They should be 3-0. I know. No. <laughs> right, right. So part of me says – Exactly. I, I'm actually up leading for the upset, if you will, Bengals over the Dolphins tomorrow night. I, yeah. I think they, I think Joe Burrow gets it done in a wildly exciting shootout, similar to the shootouts that the Dolphins have had all year. Yeah, I, I agree with you on the shootout take. And I think it's hard to say this with Tyreek Hill as one of your receivers, but I feel like we're <laughs> in for a two a letdown game. And it's sure. hard to say that with the Bengals defense because you just pointed out all of the different reasons why. This should be a shootout. But I feel like Burrow, you're exactly right, has something to prove. It is a four-point spread. So that's a spread I probably wouldn't want to touch. But the over, who doesn't like an over on a on a good Thursday night game? We've had some stinkers of night games this whole week that kind of stunk. Although the, the Browns-Steelers got interesting at the end. Uh, from the highlights I got to see, because again, Amazon didn't work. Bezos, if you're listening, you probably are. At least the way that South Park shows you. You're listening to everything. Um, fix it, fix it. I know you're not the CEO anymore, but you're still there. You're still the puppet master. Uh, but yeah, I, um, it's hard cause there is some bias of having a lot of friends in, in Cincinnati that are huge Bengals fans and that I like the Bengals a lot. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I love that LSU team, but I, I agree. I think it's a shootout. I think it's a close game. This comes down to under, under four minutes in the suit in the, not the Super Bowl. under four minutes. That was not a dig. Under four minutes in the fourth quarter. And, you know, who who has the ball last? It almost feel like, feels like it's going to win this game. I do wonder with Miami's rush attack, which has looked okay at times, can they establish it that way? Because if the Bengals are keying in, you know, they did that in the, in the AFC Championship game. They adjusted well. And, you know, I know there's some different personnel in there, but the coaching staff knows how to adjust. And that's something that I think 
gives them a bit of an advantage. Miami obviously did against the Ravens and has been able to do that. They stunned a very good Buffalo offense last week. So that really comes down to really who has the ball last and are we in for a Dolphins letdown game? And normally early October, late September, Thursday games, not really that great for, it's never really great for a road team in general, but not really great for undefeated teams. So I, I agree with you. I think the Bengals win this game. Yeah, me too. And again, I think it's a great game. And I, if you're a Dolphins fan, like I wouldn't be worried if the Bengals win. You still no. look like a really good team. You're three um, and one, but, and the rest of your division. Yeah. It's on the road, from, though, too. Aside from the Bills, the rest of your division doesn't look great. So you got to be you got to be happy there. And a lot of the the heavy hitters in the AFC, including the Bengals, don't look great. So like you got to feel good, even if you lose this game. You're at least you at least have a share. Actually, you would have the division lead because you beat the Bills. And you got to feel good about, you know, having a couple letdown games because you're in a good spot to, you know, make the playoffs and or potentially make the playoffs and, and be in that position. You know, the Chargers are down a little bit. You mentioned it when we were talking about them. The Patriots don't look as good as people thought. And there's, you know, all sorts of Belichick talk. I know Greg talked about it last week and all this stuff. But, you know, they, they haven't looked great. And... Yeah, I mean, the Jets are the Jets, but the Jets have been frisky. But, you know, the Steelers, they're figuring it out. You know, there, there's a lot of stuff there. Denver's 2-1 and one now, but, you know, I think we kind of expected that out of them. Kansas City just had a shocking loss. The Colts aren't nearly where anybody thought they would be. So you got to feel good if you're a Dolphins fan. Yeah, no, I think you do. So no matter what happens tomorrow night, you should feel really good. Yep. You should feel re- really great. But looking at, the, looking at the the main Sunday slate, because we already talked about London and now we can figure out about London. There's some good games on here. And I know we mentioned some of these teams that were supposed to be good and have kind of stunk or are upstart teams. We mentioned the, the Eagles Jags game, you know, that Tennessee Colts game. I feel like two teams that really have something to prove there. You know, the Colts, obviously, you know, they got their big win. They upset the chiefs last week after tying after losing, you know, I feel like there's still, you know, we have Matt Ryan. We have this this offense. Frank Reich, I feel like, wants to prove he is the, you know, the next wonderkind of the NFL and, and everything there. And then Tennessee, reigning one seed, one and two. You know, they, they've had a very down year so far. I mean, it's three weeks in, so down year is an overstatement. But I don't know, that game could be really good. Yeah, I, I think it's an important game. Um, you mentioned it. I, I think the Titans are what I thought they were going to be. They've lost a lot of pieces on both sides of the ball. Um, they're not explosive offensively. You know, I've seen Malik Wills play. He doesn't look like the future either. That's just no. my opinion. But it's all right. No. You know, I still love Derrick Henry, and they've got a couple defensive pieces. Jeffrey Simmons on the inside is a monster. But they're who I thought they'd be. The Colts, I think, that was a season-saving win last week after tying the Texans. Yes. Right? So the first week, like they, they need this game um, with this is kind of maybe to your point, like Matt Ryan swan song. I will say that they, they've been a little bitten by the injury bug. Their great linebacker Leonard hopefully will be back. He hasn't played all at all this year. They've still been pretty stout defensively. Um, it's a big game for them. They need to win a lot of games. They need to be in a good spot if they're going to have a ch- any, any opportunity because they're just, they're not an explosive offense with only Michael Pittman, by the way. If the Giants are willing to eat salary, I'm not a Kenny Galladay guy, but man, that makes could could with the Colts go after a guy like Kenny Galladay to kind of reinforce their passing attack. Like he would be a great target for them because they need help from a pass catcher perspective, big time. There is something weird um, about Kenny Galladay, and we can what? Yeah, we can I touch like him about the, the Giants, I guess. Lions, but yeah, we can yeah, touch about the Giants, I guess. If which I I was gonna say the Giants minus three home against the Bears, I feel like is an overreaction. To that Monday night game, and also the Bears—they're they, two and one—but the Bears haven't looked great against good teams, and the Giants have at least been solid enough. I know, like you can say what you will about the Titans, you can really say what you will about the the Jaguars or not the Jaguars, the Panthers, Cats. Sorry, but that that Bears line seems—it's either a trap line or it seems too low. Well, I mean, you're making an assumption that. The Giants are actually a good team. Sure. I, I, I think they have one very good player on offense. I think that's their running back. I think I, their tackle's okay. Thomas, he's all right. Their defenses but, you know, look good. Who they played, though. 
back up Cooper Rush, the Titans. I'm just saying, I'm not I, – I, the, the Browns, right? No. Who was their week two game? Uh, the, the Panthers. Panthers. Sorry. Okay, so they played the worst quarterback in football right now. It's Baker Mayfield right now. QBR is the worst in football. They've played a Justin uh, Fields is uh, probably up there or down there. Uh, yeah, well, I know. What I'm saying is I don't know if they're very good. And the one thing the Bears definitely have are th- a couple great linebackers, Roquan Smith being the leader there. Sure. I look at this as like how are the how are the Giants gonna score? I think it's both directions, right? I, I Justin Fields is I don't know what he is because they've given him literally when your best receiver is Dar- Darnell Mooney, right? Like what? <laughs> so they've given him zero help, and they and and Daniel Jones is not that great, and they they've got all kinds of dysfunctional issues, other than Saquon Barkley. But again, I would go back to the fact of hey, the, one of the Bears' few strengths is is a great linebacking core that can stop the run. So I I don't know I I, I don't necessarily disagree. If, if it's like an Iowa game, <laughs> like I just don't know who's scoring here. So I mean, Justin Fields um, is literally thrown for less than a hundred yards per game. Oh, it's embarrassing. It's oh, absolutely. Very embar- yes. In today's NFL. That is insane. Mm-hmm. Although, and like, Khalil Herbert's one. Look good. Good God. Right. Yeah. They're, and they're two and one. They have a negative but, point differential because they got, they barely beat the Texans last week. They, I was about to say they got embarrassed, but it's the, it's the Packers. We talked about this when we were talking about week two. Sure. It's the Packers. Right. Aaron Rodgers, I own you. Uh, right. Although it was at Lambeau Field, it wasn't at Soldier Field. Sure. Which, when do they, oh, they play the Packers uh, that'll early. Be, that'll be. They play the Packers, then they have a bye week, then they have the Eagles. Okay. Eagles week but I guess Christmas. I guess my point being though is like, hey, the Bears, the Bears aren't great, and the Giants aren't great. That's where I think that line comes from. So sure, I, I don't know. Yeah, and uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, so the, I'm gonna. I'm rooting for the Bears. I mean, <laughs> by the way, do, guy to watch out for. I like. I like Khalil Herbert a lot in that backfield. I mean, he's uh, David well. Montgomery. Uh, David Montgomery is not great. He he's out now. Yeah. I, I think Herbert's a better back than, than Montgomery. But it's kind of the um, same thing as when Montgomery first came in, is that they used Montgomery a lot more than they used um, – who's the guy the Eagles ended up getting from Indiana? Um, Jordan, uh, yeah. I don't, Jordan um, something. Howard. Jordan Howard. Howard. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Howard was, like, the guy, and they overused him, and other, they've overused him. They've overused Montgomery. Montgomery, right. Yeah. I'm saying. So there's a little explosiveness coming for Herbert. But NFL hey, running backs. I, I think that's what happens. Yeah. I, it's not a game that I'm going to – it's not a game that I think will be on red zone. So no, the over under <laughs> is is thirty nine, and that feels high. Um, staying right. in the NFC East though, because I do want to. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you're not worried about the rest of the division. Cooper Rush two and zero. Jerry Jones is trying to make a whole quarterback controversy out of it. I want to hear your thought on the game on the NFC East. Take it away, please, man. I, they have they have a great they have a better defense than I expected mm-hmm. in Dallas, but I think a lot of that is. Micah Parsons has an opportunity to be he is already he is already being the whispers are already there with him with a Miles Garrett with a TJ Watt with a Aaron Donald I think that's a little much but I mean, he's blowing up things all over the mm-hmm. they line him up against your worst offensive lineman he's gonna win right yep so that defense is first of all I think it's I think it's a boom bust defense though um, what I mean by that is, like, you saw a couple plays. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, it's, even, it's all or nothing with him. Trayvon Diggs literally yeah. just sits around, and if there's a pick near him, he tries to go for it. He is. I think he's a slight. I think he's a slightly worse Asante Samuel. Yes, that, that is a perfect sense? way to put yeah. it. Although right, Asante right. Samuel was good in coverage, Trayvon Diggs is not good in coverage. I, I agree. He just literally yeah. plays off the. Off, so they're going to win this week because I think the Commanders have all kinds of issues across the board, starting with their quarterback and turnovers, but. I, I don't think there's a quarterback controversy. I I, I don't think Cooper Rush is it that great. Isn't Cooper Rush isn't good? I, I, no, no. And I'm not a huge Dak guy, but I think Dak's better than Cooper Rush. I, I think the scariest part for me about the Cowboys is they've got a but some underachieving skill players. I think Tony Pollard is their best running back. He's scary because he is really his straight line speed is fast. Like it if is. he gets in the open field, I'm not a CD Lamb guy. I, I know he had that we great about this catch before. Yeah. No, but, but you he saw dropped, it. He dropped an easy ball like drop the easy ball yep we mm-hmm. talked about his route running two weeks ago when you were last on yep and he just runs over the routes he right. runs up the middle routes but even mm-hmm. that play the drop pass where he realized oh i can run this fucking post route and go in and go towards the pile or i guess a pylon route but still it was basically a post route but he was started over the middle and then he, and he turned 
he looked like he was drunk the way that he started the straight <laughs> I run. So and I'm I know saying. like you don't want to make contact because the NFL has been really, really dumb this year in calling offensive PI, but like he's just kind of he's running around like a chicken with his head cut off. It's so I, yeah. all over the board. And I liked him a lot coming out of Oklahoma. Of and, course, me too. And yeah, we and we wanted him. We wanted and the, him. And then the exactly. Cowboys swooped in. But I'm happy we don't have him because exactly. I just I don't think he has the fundamentals of the receiving position down like other guys do that maybe don't have as much talent. Noah Brown's and, been great yeah. for him. Mm-hmm. He's been actually I, he was fun to watch yeah. on Monday night because he looked you, pretty good. You see that though a lot of times a backup quarterback comes in and has uh, a lot of success with a wide receiver that was a little bit better because that's who they practice with the most yeah, in practice. True. So I don't mean this in a bad way. Like Noah Brown has some talent. He's an Ohio Stater. Like he can play, um, but, but I think you see that Dak is throwing to other guys in practice. In comes no, the connection seems to be there more with him and Cooper Rush. I, my my concern with the Cowboys is I don't I'm not a Ceedee Lamb guy. Michael Gallup coming off of a major major knee injury hasn't played competitive football in a long time. James Washington injured again, uh, never elite with the Steelers. Right, he's a free agent signing. Mm-hmm. Um, Dalton Schultz has been dinged up. Right, the offensive line is a little weak. They didn't they, they didn't play an elite defense you know, on Monday night and they almost lost the game. They didn't score at all until the second half. Again, I think Washington might give them a little fits with their pass rush, but they'll win this game. They'll be three and one. They should be be. moving on. So yeah. Um, But I'm not, I'm not concerned. I think, I think Eagles have a few small issues. Every other team in the division has a major weakness somewhere. Yep. That, that is too big for me to overlook, which is why I like the Eagles to start the year, especially with Dallas's injuries. Now, definitely not as concerned. Yeah, absolutely. So the rest of the month of the one o'clock slate, I feel like we can skip over aside from one game. We're going to get to it in a second, but Browns Atlanta. That's not, the, nope. the, that's not on red zone. <laughs> we don't really need to talk about that game. Um, that should be a Browns win. Steelers jets. I mean, maybe, nope. maybe the frisky jets figure it out, but um I want to take. I, I'm in a survivor. I'm in that survivor still, by the way. Oh, I I got eliminated. There's two of us left, and I'm trying to figure out who to pick. In week four, I'm gonna tell you, there's two I know, people left. I know, I know. <laughs> and the Steelers are on my list, but I can't, I can't, because I just I love picking against the Jets. It's great <laughs> picking against the Jets is great. And then Chargers, but, Chargers, Texans should be a big revenge game for the Chargers. But we get the Bills off their first loss of the year, mm-hmm. going down to Baltimore. Bartramore, as I just said. Bills Ravens, one o'clock, over is set at 51 and a half. Which for I know the Bills defense is banged up. That just for those two teams, it feels way too high. But the offensives, offenses, Jesus, have been buzzing throughout the season. Both of these teams losing only to the Dolphins. So something's gotta give. We're going to see a very interesting game because the built the Ravens defense has not been the Ed Reed Ravens defenses that we knew from our childhood slash high school slash college years. The Bills defense, really aside from from losing last week, has been very good. Yeah, no. Well, first of all, I think the Ravens defense is very young, right? Like, especially in the secondary, they've got sure. a couple guys, but there's a lot of youth in that secondary that's hurt them a little bit. Um, I know that the Dolphins comeback was great, but they literally were it made injury issues. So I don't think it's the worst. I don't think it's as, as bad of a defense as we think it is the Ravens, but they've also played some absolute juggernaut teams and there's no exception this week. So the bills come in angry after oh, yeah. a tough divisional loss yep. with a great defense that, that was hobbled though. Both all pro safeties were out there. Tredavious white still out. So they were missing guys. Yeah. Um, defensively against that Dolphins team. And you know Stephon Diggs and Co. want to figure it you want to want to re, kind of reestablish their dominance. I, it's a great fantasy matchup. I expect oh, there to yeah. be a ton of points. But the Bills are one of the few defenses that I think has some of the pieces, especially at the linebacker position with Milano and Evans. And, and I, Micah Hyde is out. If Jordan Poyer is playing again, they've got some smart safeties that can maybe keep Lamar. Now, you're not going to stop Lamar Jackson. You just got to keep him in check, right? Oh yeah. It's like you. It's like you know, you know, LeBron is going for thir- for thirty points tonight, right? How can you? How can you make it hard for him? 
just don't make it easy, right? So I think it's high scoring both ways. I, I'm take it's tough here because I I've really been high on the Ravens. Still probably taking the Bills. Yeah. Just think they have, but I'll tell you what, man, that Ravens team Lamar offensively has been awesome. Oh. They've been they look yes. so good against the Patriots on Sunday. And obviously Lamar had his monster day and he had a monster day two weeks ago and but they lost. Um oh. it's just such an it's an interesting matchup because the Ravens are basically a boom, boom or bust defense right now because they're so young. They lead the NFL in interceptions. They're up there in sacks, but they're dead last in most total yard categories. It's very interesting to see. This is going to come down to a big offensive line game for both sides. And that sounds crazy in a game that the over under is set at 51 and a half. But this is going to come down to who's who's winning the battles in the trenches, who is moving that line of scrimmage forward, and Baltimore's rush rush attack. Obviously, Lamar is a big part of that, but that's going to be a big part of it. See how the the Bills' defense—you mentioned the linebacking injuries—but then can the Bills get the ball on the ground? Obviously, they have the air attack. It's such an interesting game from the interior seven on the defenses and the offensive line to look at this game. And I know we're talking about two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. We're talking about some elite receiving cores, but that's really what this game is going to come down to. And it's going to be so interesting to watch from that perspective. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's a, a couple of Titanic matchups this weekend. And this, this is one of them. Yeah. So let's look at the four o'clock slate. Mm-hmm. So again, we got a couple stinkers. Cardinals, Panthers. Why that's nope. a four Oh five in Charlotte. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, no, thanks. Um, Patriots Packers nope. is a if, big if, line. If, if Mac Jones doesn't play, that's, yeah, that's Mac the whole Jones line. isn't playing. No, thank I'm you. I'm just waiting to hear because that would be my easy survivor pick is the Packers over Brian Hoyer. Yeah. Again, I hate picking against the Belichick team, but, I, you know, tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, there's a lot of other games that are much tighter. So, yeah. one of which is the currently defeated. Raiders hosting the Denver Broncos. Two and a half. Like that doing anything for you? I gotta tell you something. I'm hammering the Raiders here. So the Broncos have been an inept offensive team, bailed out by some poor play on the other side of the ball. Like the like the like the 49ers can't figure out how to play offense. Yeah, the Raiders literally ran out of the end zone. Like that there's a chance, right? And then threw a pick six. In the same play, it didn't get thankfully it didn't count. get called. Hey, right, right. So and by the way, I could not have been higher on this Broncos offense. I, I, I keep thinking they're going to figure it out. But I sit here thinking, you know what? The Raiders, like their coach is on the hot seat three games in. The Devontae Adams trade looks like it did nothing to help them. Derek Carr, who's always apparently on a hot seat, is a huge game for the Raiders at home. I, I see them winning this game. Like I'm confident in the Raiders in this one. Uh, be, unless – Russell Wilson and the Broncos figure it out offensively. Yeah. And nothing has shown me they're going to. No. Right? Like, so, I don't know. Personally, I'm, I'm actually pretty high here on the uh, on the Raiders winning this game. Water finds its level. Like, this is a playoff team from last year. Yeah. They're not bad. So, they're not bad. Yeah. And defensively, mm-hmm. they've struggled a little bit. They're not getting a lot of pressure to the quarterback. And we've seen the, the Broncos have offensive line issues where Russ is, you know, not totally cooking and everything there. I know that the, the – the, not Bengals – Saw orange and a B, but the Broncos defense has been, it's been fine. It's, it's won them two games. It's literally the only reason why. So it's, it's almost the stoppable force and the movable object hitting each other. And, uh, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting because the Raiders defense can stop the can't to a certain degree can stop the rush attack. And that's been the Raiders' strong suit so far. And, you know, not to shit on a former so funny Eagle. Though. Go ahead. Go ahead. Their leading receiver is Mac Hollins on oh, a team with Devontae good. Adams. Right, right. And this is Mac Hollins didn't just lead the Eagles. He went to the Dolphins for a while. Yeah. Mac, by the way, with Devontae Mac Adams. Hollins, who used Renfro. to have the viral videos Waller. on the bike. Hang on. Hang on. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, and Darren Waller on the offensive side of the ball for the Raiders and their leading receivers, Matt Collins. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. Right. And I'm not yet. Right. No, I agree. I agree. And by the way, Derek Carr, 
has gotten so much praise. Uh, he's a winner, which I don't necessarily agree with, but he, I, I think he's a good quarterback. Like a couple of years ago when we weren't sure what we were going to do, I said, oh, I would bring Derek Carr in as a bridge quarterback, right? Yeah. I think he's got enough upside. I well, think there's a couple teams out there after this year that would take him. Busted right. his arm. He was an MVP oh, candidate. Right. He made a Pro Bowl the gets, year before. Yeah. If he gets dropped, if something happens this year, I could see Matt Ryan retiring and the Colts signing Derek Derek Carr. Like that's, I think he's a viable is he, NFL is quarterback. He a free agent? I don't, I don't think so. But I, I'm saying if they, if they, they cut him or something, they move on from him because he struggled. That's what I'm thinking. Of. But yeah, anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I know it's an important but, game. But let's but, move on yeah. to the actual good games because oh, I mentioned yes. we had some stinker prime night times, games. The prime time, the prime time, some stinker night games. But the yeah, prime baby, time games, go. thankfully, are actually good. Chiefs Bucks. Super Bowl rematch from a couple years ago. Chiefs coming off a devastating loss to the Colts. We talked about the Colts a little bit before. The Bucks coming in. They're hosting potentially in Tampa, potentially not. You know, could be in Minnesota. Could by be the in way. Minnesota. That's where it's gonna go. Yeah. Everything with a hurricane. Hopefully, everybody down there staying safe. I doubt we have any yeah. Florida listeners, but hopefully they are. This one should be, especially if it's a neutral site game, like a college football game. <laughs> Should be an absolute slugfest of a game. Mike Evans mm-hmm. coming back off the suspension. Who Mike Evans, leading receiver for the Bucks. I know. <laughs> can you can you tell they missed him last week losing to the Packers? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette. I am so. This is a huge game. It's a huge game for. Well, I'm going to tell you this though. It's actually to me. It's actually not a huge game for the Bucks it's because the Bucks the are going to be fine because the Bucks play in the NFC South. Yeah. Which, by the way, is potentially t- try to take the place of the worst division in football, uh, because the Saints are shot. Like they have so much talent, they they aren't figuring it out. The Panthers good. have the worst QBR. Let them not right? figure it out. And, Give us a good right, draft pick. And, uh, that's a good point. And the Falcons aren't great either. Are, are tanking. So yeah, literally the, outside the, of the, the Bucks, Falcons, not great is a overstatement. Right. They are nobody, bad. but no, nobody scares you in this division. So if you're the Buccaneers. You're, you're looking at a fourth seed in the playoffs. That's actually my prediction. If they kind of stay kind of with this unhealthy you think situation. fourth? Interesting. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, I I mean, personally, I, I think the, the Rams, the Eagles, and um, the Packers are going to win a lot of games this year. Yeah. Right? I, I have warts with a couple of those teams, but they, they so they're my kind of, it's kind of my lineup right now of one, two, three. I don't know what the order will be exactly, right? So now maybe to your point that maybe the Buccaneers like just mop up the a- NFC South. That's they're what so I'm dinged thinking. up. Yeah. Right. They're so dinged up offensively though. Maybe they're a third seed. I'm just saying, I don't think they're going to end up being the one seed because of the injuries offensively. And, he, and Brady, but br- go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the North is a little frisky. The, mm-hmm. the Vikings have something to prove, especially after getting embarrassed oh, by and- the Eagles. So that could be interesting. And then the West always gets strange. With And we're going to talk about one of said games on Monday Night Football. But, like, some of those games get weird where it's, like, it ends up being a two-point difference and all that crazy shit. Like, it, it, the battle for not even just a buy, but having a higher seed for a second, a divisional round home game is going to be so, so interesting to me. Sure. Yeah. Um. Again, I, but that's why I'm saying to me, like, it's just a big game for the Chiefs. The Bucs have a legitimate stud defense. And the Chiefs just struggled against the Colts a little bit. There were some offense, there were some special teams miscues that may have cost them the game. But the Chiefs are still re- recovering who they are on offense. It's really has been, it's been a Mahomes-Kelsey offense. That's what it's been, Mahomes to Kelsey. That's kind of their entire offense right now. They've got to find a way to integrate Valdez-Scantley, Juju has been like he's been a ghost. person non grata, right? Um, they, they've got to implement Sky Moore muffed a punt. They've got to imp, imp, integrate some of these guys because good teams like the Buccaneers, who have good safeties and good linebackers, are going to try to take away Travis Kelsey, right? He's a great tight end, so he might not be. They might not be able to do that, but they've played. They've also played each other a bunch, right? Because of the Super Bowl win, like Super Bowls, they know each other pretty well. I think this is a bigger game for the Chiefs. The Buccaneers lose this game. I'm still confident they make the playoffs and, and that, that, that they're a threat. The Chiefs, with their issues offensively and a defense that has a couple players, but I wouldn't necessarily say is a is an elite defense, 
it's a big game for them. I, I think they need to show up. Um, yeah, they absolutely do. I mean, yeah. both teams kind of do. I think you're right. It's sure. a bigger deal for the Chiefs because there is right. something to prove there, especially Mahomes kind of saying, oh, it's not a big deal in week one and right. the last two weeks. You know, he's averaging less than 300 yards a game, which is not Patrick Mahomes levels, especially after that first week. So, yeah. I, you know what? I, I will say this, though. and We made that whole common argument. But take a look at the, the best division in football, the AFC West. You've got a oh, yeah. winless, winless Raiders a hobbled and injured Chargers, and a can't-figure-out-how-to-play-offense Broncos team, all of a sudden, I mean, you could argue the Chiefs still are the best team in that division. So I make all those comments, and they still might be the best team in the division. Um, But there's not the depth in the other divisions, like the AFC North, the AFC South, which actually has some frisky teams now. The crazy crazy thing to think about with the AFC West, to give them a little bit of praise, is like, Think about the Raiders last year. They were a playoff team, but they were dead in the water after the all the John Gruden stuff, the Henry Rugg stuff. So, like, it's never totally out of it. The NFL's weird that way, and that's kind of circling back to my Jags point of they started off hot and then they stunk, so the wind doesn't look as good. It's not college football, so it doesn't really matter. But you never know. Yeah, no, you're right. But looking at the last game, the Monday night game, AFC West showdown. And Vegas knows divisional games a little tight, little tight with Jimmy G after a loss last week, you know, taking over Trey Lance, obviously out the Rams. Do the Rams still need to prove anything after playing Buffalo? Not tight, but you know, looking okay. Cooper couple can good barely beating the Falcons, then only winning by eight in Arizona. Are the Rams, are they just waiting to pop? I actually think they're they're really shaky. I, I love Cooper Cup. He's the top three receiver in this league. He'll be fine. I love Aaron Donald. He showed me everything I need to see on the defensive side. Allen Robinson looks like a shell. He can't get open. Him and Stafford have not connected. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily yeah, he's a wide open receiver kind of guy. He's dead to me. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have a lot of other weapons. Cam Akers can't hold on to the football. They've got a running back issue there. They've got to figure out which one they're going with. Their offensive line is not as good as it's been. They downgraded at left tackle. Their center is injured. Defensively, Jalen Ramsey has not looked like the Jalen Ramsey we expect. I would argue that he is not – He's not playing like a top 10 corner in the league at this moment. No. So he got embarrassed I, in a yeah, bunch of they, games. I think they're winning based off of Sean McVay alone, his genius and ability to that culture is strong. So I'm not worried about them, but I don't think they're necessarily turning a corner. I think they've got to work some kinks out. And I don't know. I've never, I've never said this before. They need to re-sign OBJ and get him on the football field. Like <laughs> that, that's where I am with them. They, they need him. I love they that take. They need a spark because they're not playing good football, and there's there seems to be a little lazy malaise. It's it's been undisciplined football. They're not. I mean, they they got embarrassed by the Bills, right? We saw that. Oh, yeah. And and I this offense hasn't necessarily just blown me away. And I love I'm a huge Stafford guy. Like I, uh, but no, they look like the Super Bowl hangover is very real right now. Um, I am very I'm concerned. Not very. I am concerned with the Rams because they're not. A, they don't have depth. Right. And they're a little older in a lot of positions um, and they play in a good division that all that worries. me. So, no, I am worried about the Rams in terms of like right now, they just need to, yeah, they got something to prove. Kicks out. Man, they got something to prove. Yep. They got something to hopefully prove. that that could be a good thing for the Rams, by the way. Hopefully it can be a good thing. The 49ers, on the other hand, we mentioned the Jimmy G stepping out of the end zone. One of the weirdest games I've watched in a while. And, <laughs> This is a team, I don't know if it's because Jimmy G came in, I don't know if it's, you know, whatever that they're not vibing, but a team that also had some expectations. You know, they're one and two, and just a strange start. And this is, I don't know if it's Kyle Shanahan ball, I don't know what it is with this team, but it's so weird to see that. But they're favored. I mean, their defense is as good as there is in the league. They, yeah. Their two losses, they, they haven't, they didn't give up many points. Like, their defense is really good. I'm not worried about that at all. That's why I think this line is where it is. I think offensively, you know, I, I, I saw a slight regression coming. 
because Elijah Mitchell's already hurt. Like they don't have an elite backfield. Trent Williams is now out. I thought Debo, I think Debo's a good receiver. I don't think he's a top five receiver in this league. Um, George Kittle's been injured. Uh, I think they bounce back here. I think they play really good against the Rams defense that they play a lot, and that helps. They know Aaron Donald's situation. They know he's coming, right? Yep. So I think I think it's a low scoring game, but I actually think I actually think the 49ers pull this one out. I, I think they're as good as the Rams. So and, and they're at home. Um I think that's where the line comes from. It's so, interesting. It's an interesting game. It should be really fun. It, it'll be a fun way to rack, wrap up the week. And I think, you know, we're all the way back in football, but we're gonna have <laughs> we finally have some good games. We finally have some marquee matchups and that shouldn't let down. Right. Like should not let down. It should be a great week. Yeah, I think so. That's been a really good start so far to this season. It has been. Racking I mean, up had, the money. We've had all sorts of wild twists and turns. And, you know, I, the NFL is just great. I love football. <laughs> but I think that's going to do it, Matt. Thank you, sure. as always, for doing this. Cannot wait for this weekend. It's going to be fun. Follow the Thunderblog, Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. Maybe we'll post some stuff, some trash talking, all that stuff. But everybody subscribe to the podcast, Bullpen Cart, wherever you get your pods. And for Matty D, I am the G-Man. Have a great weekend, everybody. And fly, Eagles, fly!